This is KCLR's Bottom Line with John Purcell. With thanks to the Carlo and Kilkenny Local Enterprise Offices for business, financial supports and mentoring services. For more information, see localenterprise.ie. Hello, good evening and welcome to The Bottom Line, the programme for and about business on KCLR. I'm John Purcell and I'll be with you for the next hour until 7 o'clock. Today, of course, was a big day for the bloodstock industry in this area with the Tiestes Chase meeting at Goran Park Racecourse taking place earlier. Well done to Team KCLR who were there in the tick of the action among the crowds of thousands from all over the country and it was great to hear accents from all over the country all coming to the Kilkenny track for perhaps the biggest date on the calendar for the local racing industry. And well done to KCLR's own Eddie Scally, who has his day job, is the man responsible for keeping the show on the road at Goran Park in his position as general manager. Well done, Eddie. The day is a credit to you and your team. I was delighted to be there earlier and had the opportunity to chat with people in the racing and bloodstock industry, which really is a huge contributor to the local economy of Kilkenny and Carlow. Not just in racing itself on big days like today but in training and all the other associated industries and of course across the hospitality sector and tourism and everything which benefits from Kilkenny and the beautiful countryside being put in the shop window. Big thanks too to Natalie Lennon who's run on January Drive comes to an end today. Well done Natalie who played a blinder and gave us all a lift during the long post Christmas days over the last four weeks or two or so. Uh, Later in the programme, we'll be talking climate change and what business needs to do to play its part. Newly appointed climate change coordinator at Kilkenny County Council, Dervla Ledwidge, will join us in studio. And I'll be talking to Aileen McGrand, Seamus Doran of Kilkenny and Carlow Local Enterprise Offices about the outturn for new employment in small and medium-sized businesses across the two counties at the end of 2022 and looking ahead to what's left of 2023. And later, we hope to be joined by Samantha McCochran, business editor of the Sunday Independent. But first, yesterday KCLR News revealed that Carlow-based fintech company Unum is expanding, creating 50 new IT roles. Having filled 80 roles in 2020, that's quite the development, this latest announcement will see Unum expanding its employee base from 200 to 250. And for a second year, uh, Unum has been named as a great place to work. Our reporter Edwina Grace popped into the premises of Unum at Shamrock Plaza yesterday as they made their job announcement to find out more. I'm Porig O'Neill, I'm Managing Director and Vice President of Unum Ireland. We are a technology centre for a US brand, so for a Fortune 250 stroke 500 uh, company in the US that provides employee benefits uh, to over 41 million people globally. And quite remarkable that you're based here in Carlo. Yeah, it's a, it's a talent thing though really, because um, I suppose Ireland has a vibrant technology industry and we're you know in the press a lot recently for all the wrong reasons, but um, there's lots of us out there that are booking the, the trend and still hiring etc so it's been a great success story so here since 2008 and uh, we surpassed a 200 mark last year and these are all sort of high quality sort of digital transformation roles that we're actually delivering and that deliver real impact on this large US public company and we're announcing suppose the fact that we're recertified a great place to work and also that we're expanding further and we see ourselves growing to 250 roles over the next while. So you've been expanding pretty much steadily 
since uh, you set up here in Ireland. And that in itself is a good news story when you're seeing closures, you're seeing job losses across the spectrum. How did you guys manage with your business model? How did you get to where you're at and confident that you're going to go even further? There's a couple of elements to that, right? I suppose we partnered very early on with the uh, colleges locally, so with the IT in Carlo, as it was known previously. And uh, we've expanded that relationship with to Waterford and to Minute University over the last number of years. So we've a strong pipeline of young, vibrant talent, even when the market was tight. You know, we have an award-winning intern program here, so we have 30 interns joining us this year. A good chunk of those will hopefully convert into full-time roles. And um, I suppose the reason that we're confident in terms of actually continuing to grow or grow further is I suppose we're in the financial services industry, so we're not a pure-play technology provider. The financial services industry has gone through a huge digital transformation in terms of how they engage their customers, how they deliver their products, and how people, you know, I suppose interact with their businesses and their brands in general. So we would say openly that we're on the route to becoming a technology company that sells insurance rather than an insurance company that does technology. So, you know, we're very confident in, in that growth and we're stable in that Unum was originally founded 175 years ago this year. So obviously something is working and, and, and working very, very well. And what's really striking when you walk in here to your premises at Shamrock Plaza in Carlo, we've come into the third floor, you've got a couple of floors here, is the atmosphere. People are very welcoming, very friendly, quite chatty, but you also get a sense that work's been done. Yeah, and I suppose that's what we're, we're trying to achieve. You know, this is somewhere to come and do your best work and that you'll be supported. So we're here to actually help people thrive and our our purpose as an overall group is, uh, you know, helping the working world mm-hmm. thrive throughout life's moments. And the same is true here locally. I suppose we want our individual, you know, employees and teams, etc., to succeed. Mm-hmm. You know, we take pride in that. And I think that's probably, you know, again, recognised by the great place to work and we're best workplaces in tech in, in Ireland last year as well and numerous other awards over the years. So, you know, it's something that we value and we take pride in to actually see people growing and see their impact actually growing and the fact that you can come work here in Carlo for a US brand and have an impact on 41 million people. Like, that's incredible. So for people who want a, a slice of that pie, who want to come and do exactly just that, you have 50 available positions now. You are hoping more will come in, in the coming years. What kind of person are you looking for or how do they get in touch? The direct route is go to unumjobs.ie. You'll see all the job listings there. So I think we have 21 or 22 active at the moment and there will be others coming as well. There's two routes probably in, one for graduate employees or interns. So we actively go out and reach out to the three colleges to participate in their intern programs. So keep an, an eye for us there and we will be engaging more over the next couple of months. And then for experienced hires, it's probably through the unumjobs.ie route and we're looking for everything from cybersecurity roles to data science to business analysis product management developers etc testers you know everything that you can think of in the technology realm but it's not just programming you know there's a broad gamut of roles or opportunities there for people so just keep an eye on unumjobs.ie or reach out to any of us directly on LinkedIn and you'll see a LinkedIn page for Unum Ireland directly as well So why should you want to take up a position with Unum and why exactly is it a great place to work these people working there have been telling us. Yeah, you feel like part of a family here. So I've been here 13 years and I've always felt at home. It's a great group to work for. Um, Unum is a very supportive
supportive of our careers, lots of career opportunities. Like I've done a couple of different roles within Unum as well, and I really enjoy the vibe. Um, and it's a very dynamic uh, group as well. So why is it a great place to work? I think it is the way that Unum cares for its people. So um, not only its function in the market, obviously we're a disability insurance provider, so they care about the people that we support, but that vibe comes within as well. We care about the people that work with us. We care about the community that we're part of. So we do a lot of uh, volunteering around Carlo. And I think it's that family environment where you just feel welcome all the time. And you have the chats, which is always <laughs> a good thing. And again, it's, it's that support that they provide. One of the reasons I think it's a great place to work, it's really the people, really good atmosphere and culture here. And also there's lots of opportunities to try new things. Good opportunity to grow and develop in your career and, and try new teams, mm. new uh, positions, new skills, technologies. <laughs> it is a great place to work, yes. It's really great from the sense that you come in and immediately people make an effort. There is none of the hierarchy, there's none of the kind of stand on ceremony for you know different levels of, of staff and everyone is treated the same. Yeah. Everyone knows each other's name, which is massive for me because I would have come from an environment where there was 10,000 people and you'd know maybe two or three people that you sat beside, whereas here, you walk in the door, you'll get a hello, people will nod and smile and they'll talk to you and you end up talking about the different types of projects you're on, for the different types of work you're doing, to where you're to, what you did at the weekend. So it's a nice kind of relaxed, chilled vibe here. Everyone's busy, everyone gets their work done, but everyone trusts each other. So that comes across as being really positive. This definitely, I think, deserves the award. Yeah, it just, you see it like in all different areas of, of the company that the way they treat their staff, the extra things that they have on the side, the social clubs, everything. Yeah, it's just, it is a welcoming and inviting place to work. So You took the plunge, uh, you got the job, you started here three weeks ago. There are now 50 jobs available here. What would you say to people who are maybe interested and thinking about it? Definitely go ahead. I mean, I don't think you'll find a better place to work, which kind of shows by the accolades that they have won. And then also I just say that you can't get it if you don't try. So, I mean, you learn something from every application to every every company. So I'd say definitely give it a go and you never know, you might get a, an opportunity to work in a place as good as this. Edwina Gray sporting from Unum in Carlow, where yesterday they announced a further 50 new jobs. So check that out there. Good to hear a story of expansion. It's just 21 minutes exactly after six o'clock. We've got lots more to come here on Casey Law on the bottom line, the programme for and about business between now and seven. Do keep us company until then. KCLR, The Bottom Line, with John Purcell. With thanks to the Carlo and Kilkenny Local Enterprise Offices for business financial supports and mentoring services. For more information, see localenterprise.ie. Okay, well, we're just about coming to the end of January, but I think it's still permissible to talk about the new year and looking ahead to 2023 and wish each other a happy new year and so on and so forth. But it's also a good time to look back over the last 12 months and the local enterprise offices in Kilkenny and Carlow, who, as we mentioned last week, have come on board as sponsors of this programme, have also been looking back at last year and releasing data on the number of jobs they helped create over the last year. I'm delighted to be joined on the line by Aileen McGrath, Acting Head of Enterprise at Leo in Kilkenny, and also Seamus Dorn, Assistant Head of Economic Development and Enterprise with Leo in Carlow. Good day to you both. 
Good evening, Good day, John. How are you? Aileen, uh, we'll start with you. Looking back at 2022, I suppose it was the first year coming out of the pandemic. There were still uh, some pandemic effects, uh, maybe more than some. Uh, but what kind of year for business do you think it was overall? Well, John, I suppose who could credit that we came out of a pandemic and we moved into another worldwide crisis. So, you know, businesses, the, the resilience that business created and um, built up during COVID served them well for, for what was a, a difficult year for businesses in terms of the Ukrainian war and the energy crisis that has followed the pandemic. So I, I would say in summary, 2022 was a very challenging trading environment from a cost point of view for businesses and um, I suppose I, I would say that the figures the jobs created through the local and supported by the local enterprise office small businesses demonstrate the resilience that these businesses have built up and their their they're great in terms of you know keeping going and keeping operating with all the challenges that are being thrown at them. Seamus, it's amazing, really. Uh, Aileen mentions resilience there, but even in the midst of a pandemic, you know the most challenging uh, business uh, obstacles that people have faced in a lifetime. Uh, people are still talking about creating new business. Uh, entrepreneurs really are very resilient hugely resilient John and very adaptable as well it's something that they were forced into during the pandemic and really the lessons they learned from that have stood them so well over the past year we've had the twin crisis in the past 12 months both the war the supply chain crisis a staffing crisis as well but local businesses in Kilkenny and in Carlow have managed to adopt and overcome these and employment figures we've now seen really show how they have been able to to adapt to the circumstances they've been forced to face and not only adapt to them but overcome them and use them as an opportunity to grow as well. Um, Aileen, have you seen any particular trends? Are there areas of business that have been especially strong over the last 12 months? So we here in Kilkenny anyway see a strong resilience in our engineering base um, it, it's, it's, it's strong in Kilkenny in any case, but they have shown that they have maintained and grown in 2022. So that, that, that's a strong indicator for, for manufacturing and engineering here in Kilkenny. And what about yourself, Seamus, in Carlo, um, engineering also particularly strong. Has that been borne out as well? Technology also big in Carlo. Engineering is very strong in Carlo, John, and the employment figures we've seen for, uh, from the past year for the engineering and manufacturing sector really bear out the resilience and growth. But as you mentioned, technology as well has really come into its own in the past year. We've seen some really encouraging growth figures in businesses involved in, say, the software sector, and particularly those who are trading internationally, able to develop some very unique software services and sell them to overseas customers. They've been responsible for some very attractive jobs growth within Carlo as well. Yeah, looking at the actual numbers, uh, what are we talking, Aileen, in terms of numbers of new jobs created? I know there's gross jobs and so on, but net, the number of, of jobs that uh, the local enterprise office in Kilkenny has in, assisted in, in increasing the number, what's that been over the last 12 months? 
so the, the businesses supported by the local enterprise office in Kilkenny create additional 103 jobs during 2022. So that shows significant growth on 2021 and, and a complete rebound from um, what would have been negative figures during the COVID period. So we were delighted that the, the small businesses created these jobs. And, and again, it speaks to their resilience and their ambition to keep moving forward. Yeah, and Seamus, uh, correspondingly, what kind of figures are we talking about in Carlow? We've very encouraging figures in Carlow as well, John. Out of the 219 businesses we would have surveyed as part of this process, we saw a net gain of 56 jobs, which is very encouraging. And that's also the ninth year in a row since the formation of the local enterprise in Carlow that we've seen year-on-year growth. So every year for the past nine years, that figure has been going up and up. Mm. And overall, I mean, people focus on new jobs uh, quite a bit, but the, the maintenance of existing jobs is hugely important, particularly after the period we've just come through. Can you give us a kind of sense of the amount of businesses uh, that the local enterprise offices would be supporting and working with on a daily basis? Seamus, you might take that one. Well, John, I suppose looking at the broader range of services that we offer, potentially every business in Carlo, we would work with a few thousand businesses over the course of the year. But in terms of those then that we would offer more direct financial support towards, they're those involved in the manufacturing or the internationally traded service sectors. We have a client base of 219 businesses at the moment within that field. So to see a net job gain of 56 jobs out of 219 businesses it's it's a very positive sign of the growth within them yeah roughly it's kind of one in four one in five businesses have been expanding their employment that's really encouraging aileen what about yourselves it's somewhat similar to Carlo. Uh, we have a portfolio size of 182 small businesses currently, which have a, a total employment of in excess of a thousand people. So, um, again, like Seamus, we and the local enterprise offices, we are open. Our doors are open in the local enterprise office to to anyone pre-startup start up in existing businesses so our services are broad ranging um, but as Seamus says some of our services such as specific grant aid are focused on manufacturing and export sectors so we, we that 182 businesses are businesses that we work with on an ongoing basis in terms of supports around product productivity, around innovation, around sustainability but as I mentioned we have a much broader range of contact and people contacting the office thinking of starting a business so we, we try to touch as many people in the county as possible. And also kind of signposting people as well. So if someone's running a business and they have a question, you're open to them just picking up the phone or dropping in and talking to you and and you'll help as much as you can, I presume. And that's our our key message and it always is. We're the first stop shop for people thinking of starting a business or in the early stages of business. Our doors are open. We're online. We love to have people contact us just to to ask a question. Uh, We we try and help in any way we can through training and mentoring and other activation supports. And to to speak to that point, I'm on the startups. We in Kilkenny are running a showcase event on the 9th of February in the New Park Hotel, which 
which is a, an open door event where all the support agencies for people starting in business will be at the event and people can come in and you know browse around the exhibition stands understand what the various agencies do to support their journey and also we'll be having showcasing startup businesses to show you know case studies of their journey and, and how they have grown and developed their business so we, we are absolutely in that space and love to hear from people thinking of starting businesses. Seamus uh, looking ahead to 2023 Aileen mentioned you know at the outset you know when we went into 2022 little did we expect uh, the war in Europe and uh, energy crisis and so on how's the year ahead looking and what's your take on what the big issues will be? I suppose the big issues, John, will more than likely be the ones that you mentioned there, our uh, our adoption to the circumstances of the war, but the environmental sustainability issue will become more and more prevalent as well. We've seen a huge rise in cost over the past 12 months in energy, and it is having a big impact on business. What we're seeing coming in the doors now is a lot of businesses saying that they can't just take that, that they have to adopt to it, and they're looking at ways of becoming leaner and becoming greener, looking at ways of cutting down their own energy usage through the the adoption of new green technologies. So we're doing a lot of work with businesses at the moment to get them into that particular space. And I would see over the next 12 months, that will be an area that more and more businesses become conscious of and will want to act towards as well. Yeah, uh, obligations, we all have to act to address the climate crisis, but also opportunities there, Aileen. Absolutely. And again, that speaks to the startup piece. We have to look forward and embrace new technology. And so we are in a position where existing businesses are reviewing their sustainability. And the more new products and supports that other businesses develop to help people in their journeys will will create um, massive opportunities for new businesses in the green technology space. So it's definitely one to watch for the, for the future years. And hopefully there will be supports around it to get businesses up and running in that green green tech piece. What Seamus mentioned there around sustainability, I think 2023 competitiveness and it's an ongoing issue around you know productivity and being as lean as possible and that speaks to the sustainability message as well. So it's important for businesses to, to be operating at as high a pace as possible and be as lean as possible and I think, I think that's also an area for 2023 that the businesses will be continue to look at as they have done over the last couple of years. Well, Seamus Doran, Assistant Head of Economic Development and Enterprise with Carlo Leo and Aileen McGrath, Acting Head of Enterprise at Leo in Kilkenny. Thank you both very much and we look forward to chatting to you again during 2023. Thank you, John. Thanks, John. Carlo, Kilkenny, KCLR. Casey Law indeed, John Purcell with you on the bottom line until 7 o'clock and I'm delighted to be joined on the line for the first time in 2023 and indeed on the for the first time at our new time of Thursday between 6 and 7 by Samantha McCochran, business editor of the Sunday Independent. Good evening, Samantha. Hi, John. Good to be back. Yeah, good to be back indeed. Um, another year uh, and things move on. Last we spoke, it was mid last year, I think. A lot has changed since then. And one of the things is um, we should perhaps talk about is the whole outlook for tech and employment for tech. It's been it's been tough. We heard a local story of Unum, who are a, an IT-based uh, company in Carlow, expanding, but they're not typical really in the sector. 
Well, certainly the big name companies have all been cutting back. Um, you know, it started last year and it's like, you know, once one big name goes with a big announcement on job cuts, several more have, you know, followed. It makes it easier in a way when one is gone. You know, like we had the likes of Meta, uh, which owns Facebook, going for 13%. And then, you know, Alphabet, which owns Google, uh, Stripe, another big name that we know in Ireland, the, the Collison Brothers company, cutting jobs as well. And then this week, uh, Spotify, which again a lot of people would be familiar with, uh, said it was cutting 6% of its workforce. So they're just kind of coming. Now, the flip side is, of that is a couple of reports were out in the last few days um, from Good Body, Stockbrokers and Davey, just talking about this, how worried we should be, and pointing out that it actually isn't necessarily huge numbers of jobs so far. So there's been percentages, maybe 70 here, 80, 100 or two here. Overall, the tech picture is still pretty positive. And look, we all know the future is tech and that's that's where those jobs are going to be probably still in demand and those a lot of those companies are still going to be with us and very strong for many years to come. Yeah, and um, of course another one that I don't think you mentioned them was uh, Twitter, but I suppose that doesn't come be, be, uh, under industry trends because they've kind of bucked all trends really. <laughs> yeah, well, we could spend the whole time talking about Twitter and the mad machinations. 100%. The things that have gone on Twitter are sort of in the league of their own because, you know, obviously all linked to one person, Elon Musk, and he, you know, went in with his own attitude, very, very, uh, you know, serious plans to change Twitter, Twitter, take it up, cut significant amount of jobs. But um, the, the overall trend is, look, the tech companies boomed during the lockdowns. Their projections aren't continuing uh, at present. The numbers aren't just stacking up as they had hoped, and they're having to just rain, rain back, and, and, and the revenues are not reflecting the amount of people they have working for them, so they're having to balance that out and, and cut jobs. But I think once one company does it, and a few companies do it, then a lot of boards, not just probably in the tech sector, but a lot of boards are going to be saying, should we be cutting jobs? So that's probably one of the unfortunate side effects. It does make people think about their numbers and maybe rethink the numbers of staff they have. But a good thing in Ireland is that the employment, overall employment, seems to be pretty healthy, uh, with many employers uh, reporting it's difficult to get good people. So the prospects perhaps not as bleak, not to minimise the disruption on people, but at the same time, there are jobs out there. There's, there's a lot of jobs out there, uh, lots of sectors. And, you know, if I was in some industries, I might be thinking, well, what's the future for me here? But, like, if you're if you're coming from the tech sector, you have to be very well positioned for what's coming down the, the tracks, which is all, you know, we're all being told all the time that all jobs, you know, in the future and, and in the next few years, you know, every company needs tech people, even like a traditional company, you know, needs somebody to help them on certain aspects of their technology. So, look, I don't think most of those people are going to have issues in the short term. We were reporting last Sunday that, you know, some of those people who work for the big tech companies are having trouble getting mortgages, though, because the banks mm. aren't making 100% sure, are you okay? Companies aren't, you know, always able to give that reassurance when the banks go looking for it. So you might be okay, maybe you're never going to lose your job, but there's just that uncertainty, and the banks get very jittery when they see big announcements. So, look, it is a period of uncertainty, but, you know, we've all been through COVID pandemic uh, lockdowns and when those big tech companies maybe weren't being hit we were being hit other companies were being hit and look you get through it hopefully and there will be you know uh, as you say plenty of jobs around there which is positive We're all keeping our eyes on uh, the outlook for the marketing and advertising spend you were in a media company I work in a media uh, company um, you know it, it hasn't been too bad but one area seemed to be going quite well you wrote about it recently uh, is the whole sponsorship industry uh, most marketable stars uh, doing quite well despite the cost of living crisis yes so like sponsorship has sort of done quite well over the last few years in general you know um 
it used to be to be a couple of big sponsorships for you know hurling and a couple of big name uh, events every year but it's just been a kind of a new way for customers uh, for 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 response for sponsors big brands to connect with their customers so it has been a growing space and a report there from onside uh, sponsorship their consultants in the area they said they thought that the numbers were going to be quite good this year uh, you know hitting about 212 million euros for the year so that, that would be quite a, a bit of growth nine percent up on last year and partly you know there has been a suppose pent up demand for live events in sports so during the lockdowns we all missed it was one of the big talking points people say sport it's back in action now and there's a feel good factor there and a, sort of the happiness among consumers to be back in those events so the, the, the brands are saying well let's get let's get a part of this let's be a part of this uh, upon saying that the research did highlight the fact that there is that worry about cost of living and the cost of living crisis so there is that sort of mixed picture there but so far so good and as you say overall advertising has come back reasonably well and it's supposed to be you know expected to be quite good for this year up on, on, on last year so that's some good news for, for those of us working in that sector Indeed now tech uh, disrupted a lot of industries you talked about Spotify which uh, disrupted the music industry Revolut is one of those companies that's disrupting finance and an interesting development people may have noticed uh, a lot of people don't read these kind of terms and conditions thing but Something popped into people's inboxes if they have a Revolut account about Irish IBANs. That's right. So um, there's about two million people have a Revolut card in Ireland. So wow. pretty, pretty. Yeah, it's made a good inroad. But one of the things holding people back has been uh, a there wasn't the uh, deposit guarantee for a hundred thousand. You know that was something that people felt. Oh, will my money be safe? That's been introduced now. The second thing that came in the last few days was IBANs. So it was up until now it was a Lithuanian IBAN, which shouldn't make any difference. You know, people, legally, uh, you know, employers or suppliers shouldn't have an issue with that. But anecdotally, there was this discrimination, as, as Revolut calls it, against the Lithuanian IBAN. So now there's an Irish IBAN, and that means that you know it should make the level that the playing field against you know banks, Irish banks, a little bit you know, left a flatter play, level level playing field for, for, for Revolut versus like the, the big banks here because for, as far as anyone else is concerned you're, it's an Irish bank account you're dealing with an Irish customer there's no issue so that should further you know embed them into the uh, Irish humour psyche here so that's a, another step in, in that direction Yeah and 2 million accounts is kind of quite amazing because I'm not an expert and I don't really know but I wouldn't imagine that any of the mainstream banks would have 2 million account holders yeah, well, the thing is, you know, there is, you know, I suppose you could say how many are actively using it, and a lot of them are junior accounts as well, because, um, you know, you know, anybody who has kids knows that. Look, it's, it's, they're the same as adults. Like, there's less and less cash, you know, being used. So, um, a lot of a lot of they're, 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 a lot of, sort of the under 18s get these cards, you know, as well. So, look, there's there's 100% sure that younger people are are taking up the revolution and that's the thing they will want more services you know as they get older they become sort of saying well why do I need to pay bank charges and they will want loans and mortgages and all those type of things so it'll be interesting to see how it develops but clearly it, it, you know Revolut has those ambitions to be more embedded in the Irish you know younger generation coming through and uh, it'll be interesting to see how many of them just stay at Revolut or will they all just you know open traditional bank accounts because the older customers generally will have those you know a dual kind of situation where they have traditional bank accounts as well as their Revolut cards Absolutely well look very interesting and watch this space as they say well listen Samantha thanks very much for joining us on the bottom line and we look forward to talking to you at our new time I know Thursday is a busy day for you so thanks for joining us that's Samantha McCochran uh, business editor of the Sunday Independent thanks Samantha
Thanks, John. That's uh, Samantha, as I said, now returning from, you know, discussions about Spotify and Revolut and all this to a really much bigger issue, really, and we're talking climate change. It's an issue that, uh, you know, affects everybody and is going to affect every business. Uh, recently, Dervla Ledwidge, known to many people through the whole heritage area, has been appointed as climate change coordinator with Kilkenny County Council and, and uh, I'm sure as business is an important part of the the. the I was going to say fight. I don't know if fight's the right word, but the the campaign we all need to wage on climate change, we thought it'd be a good idea to ask Dervla to come into the studio. Dervla, congratulations on the new post. Um, You're very welcome. Big job. Thanks, John. Yeah, it is. It's uh, really exciting to be involved in it. And I, I feel privileged, actually, to be able to make a contribution towards it. So, yeah. It's a huge challenge for society and business, a huge part of society as well. And let's face it, a huge producer of emissions and businesses need to cut them down. They do. And I suppose the key now is for businesses to start involved and to start planning because climate change is here. We see the evidence of it everywhere. There's no need for me to explain that. Um, And what we're seeing is that maybe businesses are being a little bit slow in adapting. So I suppose it's a really useful opportunity to chat to you and thanks for the invitation for that. Um, And I suppose just to explain before we jump into the whole business thing, I suppose my role as the climate action coordinator in the County Council is to coordinate the local authority to help deliver on climate action and help deliver on the national targets. And one of our main ways that we're going to be doing that is in developing a climate action plan, a five-year climate action plan for the county. And we will be specifically responsible for delivering the targets within our own sectors, but we've been tasked by government to lead all other sectors in the county. And I suppose business will be one of those sectors along with all the other sectors. So we hope to lead and support, but those sectors will be individually responsible for delivering on their own targets. And I I was talking, it was interesting, I was listening to you chatting to my colleague Aileen uh, just there from the local enterprise office and I met with Aileen during the week and was just having a chat with her about her experiences of how business are, are adapting to it. And what she's finding is that there's a relatively low uptake of the business grants and supports that are there around climate action. And I suppose that's a little bit concerning. And it's understandable on one level because businesses are coming out of COVID. They're coming out of a lot of issues. We've got the energy crisis ongoing and now they're facing this other huge crisis, which is not maybe immediate in their faces, but is very early. In the overall doomsday clock, as they say, you know, we're pretty close to tipping point in like four to five years. But in a... um, you know, in a, an environment whereby business is so dynamic. I, I was talking to somebody in business the other day and somebody described the typical day was, um, I think it was two crises and an emergency before lunch every day. And so the immediate kind of um, tends to take priority. But you can you help people get over the immediate crises that they're de- dealing with and face into longer term action? Because I think because of COVID, which was we were managing from one quarter to the next and now the energy crisis, which is just week by week yeah. almost, um, people need to adopt the longer term outlook. They do. And it's a human behaviour. We don't respond so much to the far off dangers as we do to the ones that are straight in front of us. So business is not unique in this. Every sector is the same. Every sector is struggling with 
kind of knuckling down to, to actually committing to doing something. And I first I think the first step step is to commit in your mind mentally to commit to the fact climate change is here. What can I start to do? There is a huge amount of supports and grants um, out there. And I think one of the then the second step is to um, contact the agencies that have those supports and grants and the first port of call in Kilkenny uh, and likewise in Carlow would be your local enterprise office. They will be able to give you advice on the range of grants that are there and also the free training and mentoring and there is literally a plethora of it. It's just a case of matching that support. So we were talking to Seamus and Aileen earlier on and that was kind of like if you're starting a new business, if you're expanding all that kind of stuff. People shouldn't be distracted by that. If you're in business, years and you know that there's a lot of black smoke coming out of a chimney at the back of your small manufacturing thing you need to contact you and they will point you in the right direction to start dealing with your emissions. Exactly exactly, Mm. and it'll help you then to reduce your own energy costs it'll also help you to respond to what increasingly what consumers are looking for Um, and I know from the kind of the evidence is showing that some of the hospitality services if you like are starting to respond to what consumers want. If you think of coffee shops, they have now started to provide the reusable cups or the keep cups, and that's coming from the consumer demand. So it's not just about what are your legal obligations coming down. Think also, what are your customers actually looking for? Because as I said earlier, there will be obligations, but there will also be opportunities. So people could, you know, like I know in the radio industry, the radio business says, well, you know, uh, a radio ad is very carbon, uh, low on carbon emissions because it doesn't, you don't have to chop down trees. You don't have to have 100 people to make the ad. You don't have to go on location or fly overseas and so on. So everybody needs to start thinking that way. They do. You need to, I think we need to be a little bit creative. We need to look at what are the risks that are facing us. And this is an exercise we're going through as a local authority at the minute. We're doing a climate risk assessment for the whole of County Kilkenny. What are the extreme weather events and the changes in weather that are affecting the county? And how are they affecting each of the different sectors? And then how do we adapt to those? And there are opportunities out there. We know, for instance, that we are going to have longer summers and longer growing seasons in Ireland. So longer summers, Fulcher Ireland is already saying there's an opportunity for activity tourism. Kilkenny is perfectly placed for that. We're going to have longer growing seasons. We've got a big horticultural sector down, particularly down in the south of the county. There's an opportunity for that sector. So it's about looking at the risks and up the, and the opportunities and seeing how you can adapt within those. But the key to it is to start planning and to have a vision of how your business is going to operate in this changed environment. Okay, well, you're listening to The Bottom Line, the programme for and about business on KCLR. I'm talking to Dervla Ledwich, Climate Change Coordinator with Kilkenny County Council. We're going to take a break now, but we'll be back after this uh, to talk some more, maybe about some of the obligations first that businesses are going to have to do, and then maybe more specifically about the help, assistance and the opportunities that can be available. With John Purcell, The Bottom Line on KCLR. With thanks to the Carlo and Kilkenny Local Enterprise Offices for business, financial supports and mentoring services. For more information, see localenterprise.ie. Carlo, Kilkenny, KCLR. Casey Law indeed, we're talking uh, climate change and the challenges, uh, opportunities and things people can actually do to get stuck in at the start of 2023 uh, to cl- tackling climate change through their business. Dervla, um, you want to get across some practical things. So if people are listening, they're running a business and they want to be able to do some stuff, give us three or four ideas. 
Right. Well, we know that 93% of the businesses in Kilkenny have less than 10 people. So there is a perfect course for small businesses called Green Green for Micro. And it's a free training course, which consists of a webinar and then two free days of mentoring service. So that's you get on a webinar and someone will come out to your business. Okay, so you don't need to be taking two days off. They'll come out to your business. Exactly. And you go to the local enterprise office to find out. So just get on the blower to them, ring them, call in or check them out online. Exactly. Okay. A business who wants to do an energy audit to see how they can reduce their cost and maybe to help make an application to the SEAI for one of their grants. That can be a little bit off-putting for some people. That's the Sustainable Energy Authority of Ireland That's and it. they've got grants to help Loads you put in grants. stuff. Yeah, Exactly. So we're very lucky to have the Southeast Energy Agency based here in Kilkenny in Kieran's College and they have a one-stop shop where they will help you um, to fill out applications to submit to the SEAI and they will also do energy audits for you. So that's a really useful thing. Anyone then who's looking for specialised training on climate action, maybe you already know a little bit and you need a little bit more. There is Climate Ready Training by SkillsNet Ireland, which is a 12-week online training workshop. And then for anyone who's maybe just at the start of this journey and they can't afford to take the time off, but they want to learn a bit more, the Sustainable Energy Authority of Ireland has an energy academy and they have online webinars. And there's two that will be of interest to business. One is business energy efficiency and the other one is decarbonising business. They're very practical, very focused, short little training courses. So some people might, might say, I don't really want to go to training courses, but really if you want to get to grips with all this stuff, you have to go and meet somebody to show you what to do because... It, yeah. you know it, it needs knowledge so it we'd does. encourage people to and do I'd that and I'd also encourage people to collaborate with the likes of uh, the Chamber of Commerce Chamber of Commerce has representatives sitting on a load of different committees which are going to be discussing this and they're a really good source of information for you and then there's three projects that we're working on is in the local authority at the moment that people uh, we'd welcome people's input from the business sector on it so I'm shortly going to be starting the preparation of the Climate Action Plan and we'll be doing public And you want to hear from people. We want to hear from people. We've so don't sit around saying we should be doing this, we should be doing that. Absolutely. Come to one of those things and say we and want I'll to do it. I'll be advertising them in the yeah. spring, spring, early summer. Please come. We want the business represented. The Sustainable Urban Mobility Plan for Kilkenny City that's ongoing at the minute. Have your say in that. And then the Local Economic and Community Plan that's being developed. Again, really pertinent to business. Have your say in that. Well done. Okay, Dervila, thanks very much uh, for that. That's Dervila Ledwidge, Climate Change Coordinator with Kilkenny County Council. And Dervila, we look forward to talking to you again on the programme because it's something that we all really need to mobilise around and get positive change so thank you very much for that that's all we've got time for this week on the bottom line thanks to all our guests Samantha McCorker Aileen McGrath Seamus Doran Padre O'Neill and the staff at Unum Dervila Ledwidge and to Edwina Grace for getting out and about for us this week remember if you have any comments or ideas you'd like to get to us you can email the bottom line at kclaura96fm.com or you can check out recent episodes of the programme wherever you get your podcasts thanks to Deirdre Drummy who produces the show thanks most of all to you for listening we'll be back at the same time next week. Until then, stay tuned to KCLR. From me, John Purcell, have yourself a good week, keep yourself safe and keep the faith. This is KCLR's Bottom Line with John Purcell. With thanks to the Carlo and Kilkenny Local Enterprise Offices for business financial supports and mentoring services. For more information, see localenterprise.ie.